Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the privilege of being able to study your Torah. Lord, we thank you that we live in a nation that we can do this freely. We thank you, Lord, that we're at peace. Lord, our nation is at peace and we are grateful and we are thankful. And we cry out for our, our brothers and sisters in Israel right now, Lord. We cry out for them and we ask you, Lord, to be with them. We ask you to protect them. We ask you, Lord, to free those hostages, Lord. Supernaturally bring those soldiers to the hostages and free them. Give the Israeli government wisdom on what they are to do, Father. And tonight, Lord, as we're learning this and we're having our manna tonight, I thank you, Lord, that we will be able to apply it to our lives, Lord. And as we eat it, Lord, it will be nourishment to us. Yes. And Lord, it will cause revelation, Lord, to come. And Lord, not only us, but that the Israeli soldiers will be reading their Torah portion and they will see the hand of, of Adonai is with them. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Amen. So we're in the Torah portion, mm -hmm. Yitro or Jethro in English. And um, one of the meanings of his name is abundance. Yeah. So really cool. Um, go ahead and read this. What are we reading? To? What's up? What's the Torah portion? Okay, it's Exodus 18 through 20. And it's also in the prophet portion, Isaiah 6. I just go 6 to chapter <laughs> 9, Psalms 72. And I also, I posted something on Facebook. There's a portion in Psalm 72 that we can actually de decree and declare for our Israeli soldiers and for the hostages, because it's about the Lord rescuing those in need in Matthew 19, 16 through 26. Okay, so we're going to give you an overview of the Torah portion mm -hmm. highlights, possibly, so we'll read it and we might make some comments along the way. So we see that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, comes to meet Moses at Mount Sinai with his two children and Zipporah. Moses' wife. Moses shares in detail the deliverance of the Lord from Pharaoh and the victory over Amalek. And after hearing this, Jethro is moved and he rejoices in the Lord's miracles and he makes an Ola offering to confirm his conversion to, to the God of Israel. The elders come to eat bread in the presence of Adonai with Jethro. The next day, Jethro sees Moses with the flock of Israel, and all day long they are waiting to speak to Moses so he can judge and teach them God's judgment and instructions in his Torah. Moses' father-in-law counsels Moses what he is doing is not healthy for him or for the people as they are being worn out in the process. He gives Moses wise counsel and asks him to talk to God about it. Moses listens to Jethro's counsel and appoints capable leaders that he will instruct about the judgments in Torah, and he will allow them to lead in their God-given capacities. Now, in the third month, Saban, they had left Rephidim and had been camping before, before the mountain of God at Sinai. And God reminded Moses that he had brought Israel to himself on eagle's wings, and if they would obey his voice, they would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay, we're yeah. going to read a little bit about that. Exodus 19. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure for among the people from all, for all the earth is mine. So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of Cohen and a holy nation. These are the words which you are to speak to Israel. So Moses went and called for the elders of the people and put before them all these words that Adonai had commanded him. All the people answered together, and they said, Everything that Adonai has spoken, we will do. 
Then Moses reported the words of the people to Adonai. One of the things I just think is so amazing, you can study the, mm. the eagle or the eagle's wings. There's more scriptures about that. But I love how God carries you to himself. Yes. And it kind of reminds me about when Yeshua ordains the disciples. A lot of people think, well, he ordained them to preach. But the Bible first says he ordained 12 to be with him. Exactly. And we must never forget yeah. the most important ministry is your ministry to the Lord yeah. and him that relationship, that community, yes. everything will come out of that. But yeah. if you don't have that, if you don't understand, he's bringing you to himself. Right. Um, and just remind you, he's, he brought you to himself because he loves you and he wants to be with you mm -hmm. and he wants to take, and he took you out of Egypt, out of that dark kingdom to bring right. you to his loving kingdom yes. where you have a yes. relationship, you know, Amen. Um, Amen. and he says, you're, you're my treasure. I love that. Yeah. That's for, you know, Peter, it says, you're, you're yeah. a chosen general. That's what I was people. just going to, you're, you're a treasure. You know, yeah, know he says that. The... Yeah. That I don't know if you guys got that, but first Peter two, nine, but you're a chosen race, a Royal priesthood, a dedication, dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set, that you are, may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and the perfection of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So it goes hand in hand. Peter is basically saying to the believers, you know, that, that we are that chosen generation when we accept Yeshua. And though, even though God's God and he can demand you just obey him because he's God, he's actually showing you, okay, yes, I'm God. But I want you to obey me because look what I've done for yes, you. I yes. love you. I've delivered you. Right. And I think many times we want people to follow God, but they don't understand or, or do what he said. You don't do what he said until you know what he did. Yeah. Once exactly. you know what he did for you, then you want to serve him. You want to be yeah. with him. So yeah. that's why they said everything he's spoken will do. They didn't we'll even know what it. he was going to speak. Right. Because of what he had already, already done. done. You know, Amen. we have that Amen. history. You have that history. Okay. Amen. So keep going. Moses prepared the people for an encounter with God at Sinai and he had them to be consecrated and he had them wash their clothes. The three day process would accumulate with God speaking to all of them so they could hear and receive his word. They were commanded to be ready for the third day and to have no physical relations with their wives the third day yeah it's, it's, it's a great thing we could you know we mm. won't go in that much mm. tonight but we, we definitely need to put that somewhere god came down on the mountain with fire and smoke and a great shaking and the sound of the yovel shofar that would get louder and louder and you and i talked about this i don't think we realize as we read <laughs> this sound. passage but it says that the shofar got louder and louder and as it got louder i'm sure that the you know the children of israel it, it made them very nervous, yeah, you know, yeah. startled them it, just because and think about loud noises. Yes. We, we can't even imagine how loud when the thing yeah. about sometimes watch war movies and we see, yeah. you know, people when they they had a bomb go off, they, they can't even, they can't even hear anything because right. of that sound. Yes. This, so we, yes. And that, which also confirms that when the trumpet of the Lord sounds, everyone will hear. <laughs> yeah. So we, we see that with many warnings, Moses told the people not to ascend but to stay and only go to the designated area at the bottom of the mountain, then God will speak. And God gives people the 10 testaments or the commandments yeah. there. Yeah. After hearing the loud shofar and the thunder and the lightning on the mountain, the people asked Moses to hear for them. 
what God will speak. So there's mm. a there's a lot of understanding mm. about them in the Jewish tradition that they heard the first two commandments. Actually, they got the, all 10 as a download, the voice. Mm -hmm. And then they understood by the words, the first two. But when they were getting the first one, they would die. Yeah. They would get resurrected. <laughs> and they were the next one, they would die and they get resurrected. And that's one of the understandings is why did they say, hey, Moses, you go first because they couldn't they couldn't take death and resurrection was right was killing them yeah um they couldn't take it um yeah. it's very interesting tradition whether it's exactly true or not but it kind of goes on with okay there is such thing as the first resurrection there is such thing as a second resurrection right, in the bible right. it could have something to do with that but also i often think of the presence of the lord you know when the presence of the lord um is so strong our physical bodies i don't think mm -hmm. we realize that our physical bodies cannot can contain it, you know? And that's how I look at it. Like the presence was so mighty. And then, and I think of it in John, when, when, um, when the soldiers came to arrest Yeshua and what happened when he, when he said, I am, and they fell back, what was going on? It was that same, the presence of God was so powerful that they, thereby our physical bodies, um, you know, can take it. That's why when he comes back, we have to have a renewed body. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something to that. Exodus, Exodus 20. All the people witnessed the thundering and the lightning and the sound of the shofar and the mountain smoking. When people saw it, they trembled and stood far off. So they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. So Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come to test you so that his that his fear may be in you so that you do not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. So one of the things I, mm. I didn't mention in my notes, but it just came to me right now mm. is if you notice from the text, it says all the people heard, all the people saw. And mm. this is one of the reasons why um, the, the Jewish um, medical centers will be called Mount Sinai ah. because they believe based on this text that nobody was sick yeah. at that point when yeah. God came down yeah. everybody got healed at yes. the same time if they couldn't see they saw now if they couldn't yeah. walk they started walking because mm. this is what the text says yeah. So that tells you something also about what God does when we, you know, yeah. this is why we know when we cross over to the other side, you won't have sickness, you, no you, sickness, no yeah, disease. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So um, it's pretty amazing uh, understanding. God reiterates not to make images of gold or silver for themselves to make an altar where he will meet with them and bless them. The altar must not be made with any sword. And when Israel sacrifices, they must make sure they are covered as to not expose their nakedness and therefore never use steps on the altar. And that's little in the Hebrew. They can't use a sword to make because the sword mm -hmm. is an instrument of death. The right. altar is an instrument of life. So right. you can't have that instrument of death mm. at, um, where God's bringing life right. um, to his people. So yeah. it's really interesting about that, that altar. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's now let's start in our Torah portion, Exodus 18. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian and Moses' father-in-law heard about everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how Adonai had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Moses' wife, Sephora, after, she had spent, after he had sent her away 
with the two sons. One was named Gershom because he said, I have been an outsider in a foreign land. And the name of the other one was Eliezer because he said, for my father's God is my help. And he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. I just love this. I love, yeah. love this. And I think there's some interesting things. So Moses has two two children with mm -hmm. Zipporah. Zipporah mm -hmm. means bird. Very right. interesting. You know, birds are created on the third day. Um, Gershom is the firstborn. It's a contraction. Um, and it, it basically means um, being a stranger. I'm a, I'm a gear. I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm a stranger. Um, and, and then he names his second son, Eliezer. Right. And it said, which means God is my help, but he says, my father's God yeah. has been my help. Yeah. So interesting he, order of how he names these children, um, because there's something. So can you see how Moses naming his two sons can relate in a way to how Joseph named his two sons? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. so Joseph and Moses, think about this. They both had their children in a type of exile. So um, Joseph's in Egypt. Mm -hmm. He's not with his father in the promised land. He has two kids in Egypt. Moses, he was born in Egypt, but he goes to Midian and he has two sons, right? So Moses in, is in Midian and then Joseph's in Egypt and they both married. Here's what I think is amazing. I never thought about this before. They both married wives that were not native Israelites. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So we, we know this for a fact. So, in, so that's very interesting about these sons that Moses has. You don't hear a lot about them in the Bible. Right. There are some things we that are mentioned and we, we can talk about another time. But here's one thing I never thought about. Yeah. Zipporah and her two sons, according to the text, according to the scriptures that we just read, were not part of the exodus of Egypt. Right. They didn't go through the plagues. Right. They didn't see the miracles. Um, the only thing they knew about what God did is a secondhand knowledge. Right. They are in exile. They hear from, just when the same time that her father is hearing about it, she's they're hearing about right, it. Right, right. Mm. They have an, a word about it, but they don't have the experience. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to think about that. Jethro is going to hear about an annoy. He's going to hear about his deliverance. He's going to be here about his miracles. And what does the Bible say? When he hears, he rejoices in God's goodness. He yeah. says, hey, now I know there's no right. other God like the God of Israel. Right. He rejoices. He's glad. He's dancing. I mean, you, yeah. you start looking at it. It's like he was moved. He is moved. Hallelujah. But Gershom and Eliezer and Zippor, remember, they never got that firsthand right. knowledge. Right. And I think that might be one of the reasons why later when Moses family is introduced in the scripture, it basically skips his and it, it talks, it says, these are, this is the, the generation of Moses. And it, it immediately goes to Aaron's. Aaron and his sons. It's almost like Aaron and his sons, because they went through, yeah. they became yeah. almost like his children more than his natural children right. that didn't Right. Not saying that it was wrong because they were sent away for protection. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they didn't have that experience. Right. 
that they probably could have had. Right, exactly. Okay, so look at this, Exodus 18.9. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness that Adonai had shown to Israel since he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, blessed be Adonai who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Adonai is greater than all gods since they had acted arrogantly against them. Then Jethro's Moses' father-in-law presented a burnt offering and sacrifice to God. And Aaron also came along with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And Jethro's doing what's really in the tradition is that when someone came to faith in the God of Abraham, they would do that. Yeah. They would give an Ola offering. Mm -hmm. It's a resurrection offering. It's symbolic of you were dead and I now know. you're alive. Now you're yeah. part of the, the because covenant. Because you believe. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I think is when he heard about the goodness, yeah. specifically it's the word tov in Hebrew, look in Romans 2, tie in Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, the forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? This is a perfect scripture mm -hmm. of showing when people hear God's goodness, yes, it yes. opens them up to him. Yeah, you don't have to always preach hellfire and brimstone. You can just yeah. preach the goodness of God, and yeah. the goodness of God will lead you to. You want to be a part. Yeah, you know, you and that's what part. happened to Jethro. He he's like, he's a he's a priest. He's a Cohen. Yes, not of not a God's not our God's priest. He's of the gods of Midian. Yeah, yeah. but he converts to the true God when he hears all that God did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Jethro heard, but. But the hearing of Jethro produced faith in his heart for a genuine conversion. He said, now I know that Adonai is greater than all gods. And yeah. isn't that just like, yeah. isn't that personal? I, you got to know for yourself. Yeah. That's that intimacy. Yeah. That's a, that's that yada. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Romans 10, 11 for the scripture says, whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all richly generous to all who call on him for everyone who calls upon the name of Adonai shall be saved how then shall they call on the one in whom they have not trusted and how shall they trust in the one they have not heard and how shall they hear without someone proclaiming so Moses proclaiming the God of Israel yes yes and he does it in an honorable way well right. you know this is his father-in-law mm -hmm. he comes to greet him he brings the elders um but he's genuine he's telling and the, and he wants and obviously Jethro wants to hear about yes it. yes which I and how shall they proclaim unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim good news of, or of good tidings of good things but not all heeded the good news for Isaiah said Adonai who has believed who has believed our report so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah that's our job you know to share the good news when we when we're around people and I think one of the key things here is that he brought them to a meal. You know, when you're at a table with people, it's probably the best time mm -hmm. to share the goodness of God. And like you said, it doesn't have to be like preaching a sermon. It could just be a testimony or sharing the love of God or what, what God means to you or what he's done in your life. You know, so many times when you do that, very few times do people reject. Yeah. It actually inspires them to want to believe. So 
I think we're, this is a learning for us here that we need to feel free about sharing the love of God and sharing what God has done in our life or what he's done in other people's lives to give him glory. And this is a family member, a father-in-law. Yeah. This is a relational way of sharing. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Right. So, so Jethro before his conversion was a priest of Midian and he had seven daughters, which is a picture of the, what the seven branch menorah and spirit of the Lord. When a great man humbles himself like Jethro, he is honored by the elders and leaders of Israel. Notice how they embrace him and are not intimidated by his obvious gifting or leadership. Jethro will choose to eventually go home and share the gospel with his family and nation. So there's, if you study Jethro, there's, he has Powerful. seven names, seven daughters, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of prophetic things about Jethro. Um, but he does go and share it to the nations. We know <laughs> that because all throughout the Bible, you'll read about mid about Midian or people from Midian who believe in God or they've separated from, you know, those who don't. Mm -hmm. So, so we see that Jethro asked Moses this question. Why do you do this alone? <laughs> That's cool. Right. That's an interesting. Like, why are you working by yourself? This mm -hmm. is not the best way. So Moses tells Jethro, I need, it's like, I need to tell the people what God has judged and his law. So this is Moses, but mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the best way. Right. And sometimes when you're in the middle of a situation, you can't, you need an outsider. You need godly counsel. The Bible yes. says, Stuart, yes. you know, godly counsel is with, with where multitude of counselors, there's safety. So look in Exodus 18. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You will certainly wear out, you will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you to bear. You cannot do it alone. Now, listen to me. I will advise you and may God be with you to confirm my advice. You shall represent the people before God. You shall bring their disputes and causes to him. You shall teach them the decrees and the laws and you shall show them the way they are to live and the work they are to do. Okay, keep going. Furthermore, you shall select from all the people competent men who reverently fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. You shall place these over the people as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Then, shall, then they shall judge the people at all times. They have them bring every major dispute to you, but let them judge every minor dispute themselves. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure the responsibility. And all these people will also go back to their tents in peace. Okay. I, I just love that because mm. God wants his people to have shalom. Right. Um, and it's really interesting. It's not even the word tent. It's the word, the place. They'll go to the Macomb. You will go to the place you're supposed to be. Right. When you have, you're under the right leadership, the right mm -hmm. teaching with the right spirit. And you'll see that apparently there's um, a better way to do it than Moses was doing. He says, but he doesn't force him to do it. He says, if God tells you, if right. God confirms right. it. And God must have confirmed it yes. because he, he ends up appointing these special yeah. people. Um, Exodus 18, 20. You shall teach them the decrees and laws and you shall show them the way they are to live and the work they are to do. So he's basically saying, you've got to find these people, the leaders of the thousands, the hundreds, right. the the fifties, the tens, and you show them the, the hooks, the decrees, the, the Torah, the law right, is Torah. Right. 
and there's a way for you to live and there's a work that everyone's supposed to do. And mm-hmm. when you teach the leaders, then they will pass that down. Right. They'll, they'll catch it. Right. And then the things that are too difficult, it's okay. You're still there. They're right. going to bring the harder stuff to you. You're going to always be in communion with God. And this process is going to go on and everyone's going to go to the place. There's what we always say that you divine alignment for your design, divine assignment. Yeah. You're going to be at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing, but you need to have right. a system. You need to have order. Right. right. Exactly. And, and God gave Moses a gift. Right. This is one of the things I, I don't know if I, I, I said it a little, I hinted to it, but I want you to think about it. Don't be intimidated. Right. When there's things that you don't know or things that, that, uh, or some God brings someone in your life that shows you something you don't know right. that helps you. Right. Do what you're called to do better. It's right. not a negative on you. Right. It's only negative if you're if you're too proud to receive it. Right. But remember, right. even Moses, all the elders are there. All the they're they're not intimidated by Jethro. Right. right. But they could be. Right. But they love God and they love the people enough to say, hey, you right. know what? Let's not be full of pride. We didn't come up with this, but God's speaking. Right. And so, you know, we got to get to place the, the point. It do, doesn't matter who gets the credit. Right. It's exactly. God. Exactly. Because if you're always concerned about that, you're like, oh, you know, why didn't I think of that? It's not, a, it's not about that. No. It's uh-huh. about the people going to their place. Right. Becoming who God's called them to be. Now, tie that in. A lot of people, you know, they don't understand that when you believe in the Lord and you, you have a relationship with him, you're going to do your, the scripture says you're going to do, you need to do good works. Okay. The works don't save you, but they confirm. Right. Your your walk with God. Right. So Moses is going to teach them the work, the way they're to live and the work mm-hmm. they're to do. Work, works is not a bad word. It's only right. a bad word if works is your way to salvation. Exactly. Once you understand, no, Yeshua is my way to salvation, but I'm going to do the works he called me to because he prepared for me to walk. It's not even my works. It's his works it's that his, I'm doing. Yes. So look in Ephesians yeah. 2.10 and, and tie that in together. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It goes perfectly with Exodus. Yeah. Show them the way they're to walk. Right. Show them the work they should do. God already created for us. It's written in the volume of the book about you already. You came to the earth with, the, with an assignment, with a plan. It's it's going to be some work involved. Right. And he prepared that work because it's for you to do mm-hmm. to, to point people to him. Yeah. So it's not a negative. I know some people try to make everything. Anytime they see work in the Bible, they want to throw it out. No, no, no. It's grace now. It's grace now. They're not understanding you, they go together. They, exactly. And, yeah. and I know you guys who are listening, yeah. but some of you, someone might be watching from YouTube or, or mm-hmm. another way. And it's like, I never thought of it like that. I thought everything, if you know, works are bad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all God's people are supposed to do good works. In fact, your works right. and your deeds are going to follow. You're going to be judged by what you do. According, exactly. You know, exactly. Okay, so. So God has predecided to give you the decrees and instructions for a way to live a work and the continual blessing. These good works have been prepared for you to walk in. Moses was to teach the people the decrees and Torah. The Torah shows us how to live and the, the work will, we are to do. Okay, you said. Yeah. Right. So where the work is the Massah. Right. It's an, it just means 
than action. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, generally a transaction. It, it, it could be a lot of different things. It could be business. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, even warfare. It could be um, operating an occupation. But it's a work. It's something you're doing. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's an action. Deuteronomy 2, 7, for the Lord God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. I love, I just think that's mm. amazing. I think you lack nothing. Mm. It's Deuteronomy 28, 2. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto the land in its season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. So think about it. If we're not doing work, what can he bless? Yeah, you can't exactly. bless the work of your hand if you're not doing, mm -hmm. you know, he, we've called all of us, you know, there's a, there's, there's plenty of bread, in, you know, in the ground. Um, but the, but the Bible says the lazy man will never get it. Right. You know, right. The, 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 if you're not going to till your ground, you're, you're not, not going to get the harvest. It. You're right. not going to, he's not going to bless the work. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So God only if the, the work of God is going to come from mm -hmm. God and he's going to show you part of it, not all of it. Right. You know, right. because it's not all for you. Go ahead. Well, the counsel of Moses was for Moses to find competent people to help him bear the burden with him so that people could go home in shalom which is what homeless yeah. nothing missing nothing broken nothing yeah. lost you know that was that's the goal mm -hmm. so this passage about jethro goes along with acts um chapter six where right. they're appointing deacons yes and then later in other um the apostolic writings that talked about the qualifications of deacons it's going to go along yes, yes they can't be people of covetousness right they can't you know they can't love money they've got to hate dishonest gain they got to be men of truth i mean this is it's no different god's looking for the yes. same type of leaders yes. or servants yes. um Okay, go ahead. Exodus 18, 21. Furthermore, you shall select from all the people competent men who reverently fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. You shall place these over the people as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, fifties, and of tens. So in the in the one of the interesting things, like we always every every Friday night, we're we're quoting Proverbs 31, we're praying it over the girls and the women, right? The moms. And you know, Proverbs 31 woman, it's translated as a woman of valor. Mm -hmm. But the same word. Um, about the competent men here mm -hmm. um, is it shall be men of valor. It's yeah. a, in the Hebrew. It's the same word, Hayel. It's it's people of wealth, strength, efficiency. They're they're an army. They're strong people yeah. who who are trusting in God. So that we have to look for those kind of people. I believe God's got people in every congregation, yeah. those yeah. kind of leaders, and we gotta we gotta let them lead according to their capabilities. Yeah. Um, and, and so I love that. Kail, look what it means, a force. Mm. Um, people of resources, an army, wealth, virtue, valor, strength. They're able, they're capable. So all those uh, descriptions, is, is that's what um, Jethro said. Moses, look for these people of Kail. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. They love truth. They're, they're, they're not going to be swayed because they, they're, they're already blessed. Right. Right. They're not, you know, they're not looking for bribes and all that. So, okay. You know, a person that God called a mighty man of valor was Gideon. Yeah. 
And, you know, Gideon was, what was he doing? He was working. Yeah. He was threshing. He was, he was doing what he was supposed to do. And the angel of the Lord goes to him and called him a mighty man of valor. And he, God used him to, you know, fight the Midianites and raised him up as a judge for Israel. So a lot of times, you know, those of you who are studying tonight, God's preparing you he for is. something. Yes, I just yes, want to yes. want to tell you this, that he's preparing you to be leaders, leaders of tens, of fifties, of hundreds, you know, thousands. He's leading you. He's training you right now. But you just need to make sure, like you were saying, that you're doing you're doing the work. What is the work? Reading your Bible, studying the Torah portions, praying, loving, you know, helping others, being walking in the walk that God has called you to walk in. These are things that that, you know, you might not even realize it. Most time people of valor um, don't consider themselves just like Gideon didn't consider himself a mighty man of valor. He thought he said, I'm the least. But God saw that what he was doing, he saw his heart. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you tonight as you're studying and as you're, um, you're doing the things you're doing, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what, what are you calling me to do? And are you raising me up, you know, to be that leader? And if so, Lord, show me and, you know, confirm that send, you know, tell my leaders, show my leaders so that I can, can, I can do what you've called me to do. Because also let's think about it. What was the whole reason for these, these men, these men, were to help Moses because Moses was sitting there all day handling people's questions and, you know, their disputes and their troubles. And, and why did he, you know, I was thinking about this. Why did he say, Moses, you're going to be worn out, but the people are going to be worn out because those who were standing in line waiting could be there for days to get their, get the answer. So, you know, Jethro saw this, he saw what was going on. So I believe in every congregation and I'm speaking now <laughs> to save the nations. I, you know, wake up, God's training you and God has a plan for you and God wants you to, to step up. And um, take your rightful place because, you know, as the congregation grows, you know, the the leader, the the pastor, the rabbi cannot do it all. So I encourage you, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Let God raise you up. Rephidim is where Midian had, Midian had tacked. Rephidim can mean a resting place, mm -hmm. a, a place that you rest. Now, but it's interesting about that. It, it comes from a word that can mean a railing or, or support, which it sounds good. But one of the, the Humash brings out that, that at Rephidim, one of the problems why did one of the reasons that Amalek attacked was because we know they have just complained. But another reason that Amalek probably attacked is that um, that Rephidim could be a contraction of a word that means they loosen their grip on the Torah. So in other words, they mm. got a little lax. Mm. They, so they rested maybe too much. And it says, as long as the Jews were diligent in their Torah study, Amalek had no dominion over them. But as soon as their study became lax, they were in danger from Amalek. And this is amazing fine. Or Chaim explains that this was why Moses chose Joshua to lead the battle. 
Joshua was not the was not only his disciple, but the Torah testified of him that he never left the tent. Right. A word that symbolizes the house of study. So Joshua never let got lax, but Israel might have loosened their grip a little bit on the Torah. And that we that know is, yes. that happens to people for, for whatever reason. It's not right, but that's when so um so that's probably one of the reasons mm. why. Um, Amalek attacked other than the complaining is they might have got a little lax. So this is why we remember we is the, we need the word. Amen. We need our daily bread Amen. because uh, 2 Timothy 3 says. All scripture is God breathed, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the mm. only negative is if you don't mm. read it, if you don't study it, it can't right. do the work that it's called. Right. The right. word will do the work in your mm -hmm. life, but you gotta you got to open up the book yeah. you've got to read it you've got to study right, it you know right. we're, we're trying to help you so i want you to think about this the revelation at sinai which is going to happen in our torah portion the giving of the 10 words or the 10 commandments you should read this along with acts chapter 2 mm -hmm. because acts chapter 2 the day of pentecost is equivalent to yes. shavuot the giving of the torah Pentecost, Pentecost means 50, Shavuot means weeks, but it's the same holiday. It's another way of looking at it because scripturally you count 50 days or you count seven weeks. It's the same. One is a Greek word. One is a Hebrew yeah. word, but it's the same holiday. And Acts chapter two, if you read, so if you read Acts chapter two and you say, what's going on Acts chapter two? There's a sound, there's this rushing wind, you know, the, all these, where, where is that coming from? It's coming from our Torah portion. Right, right. Either in direct language or it's been passed down mm -hmm. in the oral tradition of what happened at the giving of the Torah. Right. And if you look at, so the rabbis say, what happened? God gave his Torah at Shavuot or Pentecost. Yeshua says, wait for Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Yeshua is basically affirming what the rabbis already knew, that the Jews of Yeshua's day already knew that God gave the Torah at Pentecost or Shavuot. But now in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit's going to come and basically have a redo right. of the giving of the Torah. Right. This time, instead of it being written on tablets, this time it's going to be written in the heart. In the heart. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Read Acts chapter two again mm -hmm. when you're reading this Torah portion. Okay, so here's Exodus, Exodus 19. 19. So Moses called for the elders of the people and told them all these words, which the Lord commanded him. All the people answered together and said, we will do everything the Lord has spoken. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. Lord said to Moses, behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and may believe and trust in you forever. Then Moses repeated the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord also said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. That is, prepare them for my sacred purpose and have them wash their clothes. Okay. And be ready on the third day, because on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the cloud in the sight of all the people. You shall set 
barriers for the people all around the mountain saying, beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain must be put to death. No hand shall touch it. That is no one shall try to save the guilty party, but the offender must be stoned or shot with arrows, whether man or animal that touches the mountain, he shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. Okay, so the rabbis, they understand Sinai to be God's space, God's place when he rested on it. It's mm -hmm. not permanent, but when he's there, mm -hmm. it's God's place, it's God's space. It's called, we know, Sinai in the scripture, it says plainly, it is the mountain of okay. God. So yeah. now, what do, they, what do we know about the mountain? The mountain of God or God's space, the rabbis say there's four levels to God's space and it has to do with an increasing measure of holiness. So in other words, there's separate place. There's the bottom of the mountain and you're mm. a little higher up and then all the way where Moses is going to go. So we understand the three sections of the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner yeah. court, the most holy place. That's three spaces. So the mountain, in a sense, is pointing mm. us to the tabernacle right. because the tabernacle is God's space, right? It's God's place on earth. But what's that fourth place? Why do they say there's fourth? Well, the fourth place would be the outer area at the bottom mm -hmm. of the Temple Mount. Mm -hmm. So God wanted all the people to hear and believe forever. Very interesting. The English says, and in the Hebrew says the same thing, that that God wants them to believe in Moses forever. I think that's like, I'm trying yeah. to look it up and say, maybe that wasn't true. Maybe God made a mistake there. He wanted them to believe in him, but it doesn't say that. I try to find it in the Hebrew. Mm -hmm. It actually says, no, it's wrong. It's the Hebrew and the English are the same. God wants them to believe in Moses forever. So what is that saying? Could that mean that God wanted the people, remember, Moses is a metaphor for the Torah. Maybe right. God said, I want you to believe in the Torah forever because now yeah. I'm coming down on the mountain with my glory, with my presence, with my fire. And I'm through this man, mm -hmm. I'm giving you the Torah. Right. And I want, so I want you to believe in Moses forever. And if you know anything about Jewish people today, you can't, met, if you go against what Moses said, mm -hmm. they say you're heresy. Right. And this is why we tell people, yeah. Yeshua had to do everything right. the Torah said. He said, and even said, he said, if you if you tell anybody to break the least of the commandments, you're right. least in the kingdom. Right. You know he kept the commandments. Yeah, well, Moses and he said, if you, if you teach them, he says, if you teach them to, to, to disobey even the least, but he said, if you teach them to obey the least, you're the greatest in the kingdom. Right, right. So he... He couldn't, what people say, well, Yeshua was a Torah breaker. He couldn't be, they would, he would have been disqualified no, as Messiah. Right. But note, he also said that, well, Moses said there's going to be a prophet that exactly comes like, like me. It. Right, right, right. So we know that. Yeah, for okay. sure. So notice that, the, so you got a lot of language about the people mm. that have to be sanctified. They have to be consecrated. They have to wash their clothes. Mm. They, you know, Moses, uh, Moses is going to put up these boundaries in the mountain so the people can't go just to a certain place they can only go to a certain level unless they hear the shofar when they hear the shofar or the right. yobel that's yeah. when they can ascend and that's prophetic so you can't go when you want to go to mm -hmm. the holy place mm -hmm. but if god calls you through that shofar which is yeah. a picture of resurrection and jubilee right you're going to go up if the people mm -hmm. or an animal or anyone, they've touched the wrong place, they're going to die, die. In the Hebrew, it goes back to the first sin of man where 
um, when when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, and God said, "If you if you touch the, if you if you eat of this tree, you will die die." Right. It's the same language. Mm. If you go to the wrong place, you're going to die die. Mm. And there's an interesting statement, and I I couldn't figure. I I'll just tell you what it is. It says even the priests can't go. It says even the Kohen right. can't go as high as Moses. Right. Well, if you read the if you understand the Torah, nowhere in the Torah to that point. Do you even have a priest? Exactly. But it's almost like a prophecy. It's almost letting you know, okay, Moses has an authority that the priest didn't even have. Right. right. But there's no priest at that time. Exactly. But, says, I, yes. but, but he, but it's there. So I don't know. Yes. What are you going to say? It's there. Okay. So if the people disobeyed and they went and saw God, they would not live. Um, and then God would come down on the third day the, and all the people would be able to see him no matter where they were. Being at the bottom of the mountain was okay. They're going to still see him. They're going to still hear him. But yeah. it's going to be on the third day. Right. And the people, before they could, could see him or hear him, they had to be set apart for the third day, right? Um, and it's a, and it's going to be the third mention of the, the word holy or yeah. sanctification yeah. in the Bible. They're going to be, they have to be holy. They have to be ceremonial clean, ceremonial clean. They have to be pure. They can't. They're not going to see God without holiness. Now, where, right. where have you heard that before? Hebrews yeah. 12, without holiness, yeah, no man will see, see the Lord. The Lord. Right. So the people are not going to see God without being, I don't know what we think we're going to get away with, but right. I think this is amazing. I want to go fast because I'm running out of time, but no, just the people, you see this statement two times in the scripture, read it, Exodus 19, 10. You don't have to read it twice or you just read it. Go ahead. And the Lord said unto Moses, go into the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Okay. It's the same thing. Exodus 19, 14, almost exactly. Yeah, the same. Moses went down from the mountain into the people and sanctified the people that they wash their clothes. Okay. So even same having language. it two times is yeah. interesting. You've mm -hmm. got to be holy mm -hmm. and you got to wash your clothes. Seems innocent enough. Okay. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean yeah. to be sanctified? What does it mean to wash your clothes? Um, it's not even the normal word for clothing. The normal word for clothing is a garment. It's beged. It says not the normal wording. It's simla. And it's more like a mantle. It's a covering. So the idea of a cover a so it's kind of almost reminded me of the, how, it, how Adam and Eve covered themselves. Right. But is that I and the cover assumes the shape of the object. This is what this word it's a dress, a mantle, apparel, clothing, a garment, raiment. But it's a it it takes your shape. That's the idea about this yeah. clothing. It's not the normal mm -hmm. word. So mm -hmm. in the story of Noah, when when he sins, Japheth and Shem, they take this same garment, Simla, and they cover oh, Noah's nakedness. Mm -hmm. The second mention is Jacob. Read it in Genesis 35 too. And Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. So it's, a, it's very interesting. Jacob's saying, okay, you got to get rid of the idolatry. Yeah. And part of getting rid of that idolatry mm -hmm. is that covering um has to be changed you right. get even they wouldn't he wouldn't even say to, to clean it he said you got to get rid of it right okay so the root word for this garment is a word that means it's called semel in hebrew it means to resemble mm -hmm. so the 
the, the member, you put this on and it resembles, it takes your shape. It's a likeness. It's a figure. It's an idol or image. So that's a, right. that's a, okay. Clean what covers you and what covers you could be resemble you, but it also could be an idol. It could be an image. Yeah. So is a Torah hinting that for three days, Israel is to deal with the clothing of idolatry yeah. that could still be hanging onto them, perhaps from um, being in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So the Hebrew tech uses the word mantle or covering. That is a word that has to do with a covering that assumes the shape of the object beneath. So it's assuming he says, you've got to clean it. He didn't say to get rid of it, but three days, you're going to clean it. Right. So if we are the object or Israel is the object, the mantle is covering, then the mantle has to be washed because it has taken the shape of Israel and the shape that covered Israel had to do with maybe they still had idolatry. They right. still had, and it was, it needed to be changed and, and it needed to be clean. Yeah. Yeah. Positive and negative about that. Positive because it's possible to wash ourselves and get sanctified or set apart from the false images or idols in our resemblance. So that, so that which covers us can possibly be washed. So, and after three days, it's going to be ready for mm -hmm. the revelation it's going to be ready for heaven but it's going to take that process of sanctification you're going to have to deal with mm -hmm. what's covering you that looks like you but what looks like you doesn't look like god it looks like egypt it looks like right. the idolatry yeah so but the negative part is we don't realize sometimes that we even have this covering we right. don't even realize that we're being covered what we're covering ourselves, but we're covering a false image. We're covering idolatry and we've right. got to, we got to deal with it. Right. Right. Also the word for wash doesn't mean to make clean. Mm. Like not, it doesn't mean just to wash it like in water and make it clean. Mm. It's the word kabas, which means you trample it. Mm -hmm. You stomp it with your feet. Literally the fulling process or figurative fuller or washing you can see it it means to wash means um a treaders or a washer's field it, it means so the word for washing has to do with trampling of the feet treading something down putting the garment under the water so it's perched so in other words you're trampling for three days you're yeah. dealing with idolatry you're getting it out mm -hmm. of you you're putting it under your feet you're trampling it it literally means the washing is trampling yeah. trampling it with your feet mm. purge it one of the understandings is a metaphor for purging your soul from sin is you're getting that you're dealing with things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first mention for this washing is the blessing over judah and look how he's supposed to wash binding his foal unto the vine and his ass is cold unto the choice vine he washed his garment in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes that's a mess messianic, you know, that's yeah. a washing of the word. That's a right. washing of the blood of, uh, you know, he's like, that's how, that's how Judah's going to be washed, he, but it's going to be, this is going to be trampling. It's going to be like stomping out, if you will, any remnant of Egypt, of idolatry. So God promises come down after three days, but they have to be prepared. They have to trample under their feet, anything that would not be appropriate for God's space. We don't it's going to take a process three days the number right. for fruitfulness the number for resurrection the process of treading their garments was also accompanied by them abstaining from physical relationship there's a type of fasting there they're right. fasting natural right um intimacy so they could be more yeah. intimate with god right but and so 
also all this this three days is also appointed to the coming of messiah yeah. you know two yeah. days you know after two days um I think he'll revive us three after the third day. He'll raise us up to live us yeah, live in his sight. The, yeah. the third third day is a is a prophecy of Messiah. Well, one of the things that when you're talking about the trampling, I'm thinking that's all what Yeshua did when he was on the cross and he shed his blood. And when he went into the the, the pit of hell, he trampled. It said he trampled on the enemy. He trampled him, and that's what happens. When we invite him to come and live in our heart, when we really say, I want you to take out everything that is not going to, that's not pleasing to you. Father, right now, I just allow Yeshua to come, let his blood wash me, let it trample out my, the things that are not pleasing. And, and, and it's that covering. We yeah. have a covering that needs yeah. to be right, yeah. not the covering of the, the figs. We right. need we need God to cover us. Yes, and you know, that not and, yeah the wrong cover. Yeah, you know. And then when you said it fits the it fits it, it, our it, shape. So when we are born again, we and we allow Him to come and live and and sanctify us and separate us unto holiness. We it, we take on that mantle, and it's it's the priest's garment. Like when you're talking about this, I'm thinking about what did the priests before they could go into the presence of God? Yeah. They had to they had to wash. They had to put on the special garment before they can ever go into the holy of holies. So what happens when we when we receive the Lord? He we've got to allow Him to wash us, to clean us, to put on that new garment that fits our shape, right? Yeah. So that when people see us, they see it. They see the presence. I love it. I love it. Mm. Hallelujah. So um, Numbers 19, 13, when the shofar sounds, they may come up to the mountain. So they cannot mm. come until the shofar. Right. And it's not even a shofar. And it's actually, it, it's a type of shofar, but it's called the yovel. Mm. The yovel is like it's like a shofar it's a sound it's a trump it's a horn it's a sound um mm. it's a blast uh, and the first and the first me and that that actually is the first mention of yovel in the bible okay it's almost like it's to remember later we're going to learn that yovel is free is a freedom it's okay. a you go back you get your land you mm -hmm. you you're no longer a slave you get your inheritance back in a sense when god was blowing this yovel mm -hmm. he's saying you have been freed from Egypt. Amen. I'm announcing Amen. to you the Yovel. Your jubilee starts now. Amen. That was their jubilee. Um, so, um, but it didn't have to, it, you it had to wait for it to sound long. So yeah. it's not just like yeah. one, this is what you were saying. Remember, it gets louder and louder. It's a mashak. Mm -hmm. it, so the word, root word means to draw, mm -hmm. um, including mm -hmm. the sow, the sound, to prolong, to develop, to march, to remove. I mean, that it's all draw. And so interesting, the first three words, the three times Mashak is used, the first time it's used when they draw Joseph out of the pit. Yeah. So that's telling you something. Mm -hmm. The Yovel sounding long, it's drawing us, you know, out, out of the Hallelujah. out of the pit. It's yes. just like it drew out of Joseph. Out. Yes. Um, Hallelujah. And and when you take the blood of the lamb and you kill it, you're yeah. supposed to draw it out. You oh, excuse me, you're supposed to when you pick the lamb, the lamb is picked by drawing it out. Draw it it's out. a word for draw out. You and that's Yeshua. Of course, we know yes. that's the Passover lamb. And then so then um 
this is that the third mention is what we read when the trumpet or the ovel sounds long mm. they shall come to the mount so you've got that drawing out is drawing us up it's we drawing know us that higher when we hear that yovel it's, it's drawing gonna... us to the land yes. i mean all those yes. things all those things yes. so god's letting israel know just like joseph's drawn out of the pit and just like you drew the passover land for your families now i'm going to draw you up higher to myself mm, than you've hallelujah. ever seen before hallelujah. you'll be drawn up closer to see and hear me for yourselves all this, I believe, is prophetic because one day we're going to hear that yovel, that yes. trumpet sound, and we're going to be with him Thank forever. Yes. But this is a type of that. Yes. This, is a, this is a way of seeing that. God's going to carry us into the clouds. Yes. Just like, yes. <laughs> because that's the happened on Sinai. So Exodus 19. In the morning on the third day, there was a thundering and a lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and the blast of an exceeding loud shofar. shofar. All the people in the camp trembled and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the lowest part of the mountain. Now the entire mountain of Sinai was in smoke because Adonai had descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked greatly. When the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with a thunderous sound. So you have to kind of break out mm. all what's going on there. You've got mm. so much happening. Mm -hmm. You've got the smoke of a furnace, the quaking of the mountain, mm -hmm. the loud shofar, the trembling, the people are coming to meet with God. I mean, yeah. there's so much happening. And in the Hebrew language, if you start digging uh, digging this stuff out, it's it's a lot to just to, to rush through. We'll look at some of it. Okay. But it's remember, it's happening on the third day. Right. And this day that they're going to meet with God, because that's what he said, you're going to meet with God. You can, God... Moses brought the people out to camp. Everyone's going to meet with God. Right. When are they going to meet with God? It's going to be on, believed to be the sixth or the seventh of Nisan, of Sivan, Sivan the yeah. third month, which is the first Shavuot. We don't know for sure, but it's one of those days. God did that on purpose. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those days. <laughs> yeah. Because any day you can meet with God. That's right. You know, and whenever you hear his voice. That's when you can and be we, with and we know and he said no man will know the, that day yeah, of yeah, when that yeah, final exactly. sound it's so all prophetic, it's prophetic if, if something's yeah. ambiguous in the bible there's mm -hmm. a reason for it mm -hmm. so they would hear the voice of the trumpet mm -hmm. or the voice uh, get get exceedingly loud the voice is that we've talked about this before it's god's voice it's the cold it's the same voice that was walking in the garden mm. he's bringing them back that's that's garden language right. they heard the voice they didn't hear that when it says they heard the sound of the lord it's the same word yeah. they heard the call the the voice of the lord mm. um and, and it's a rich word i mean it's the voice of god is no joke mm -mm. We, mm -mm. so why didn't say they didn't hear they heard the word of god mm. no they heard his voice they heard his voice yeah so there's a difference between so, so think about when your mom called you or your dad called you it didn't matter what they said you know their voice that's right God, then think about tie that in with john 10 my sheep what no, no. My voice yes you, will we know the word of course but you know the, the voice, voice. Hallelujah. You know the voice Hallelujah. so the the this is the word shofar the shofar got louder and louder mm. you know it's a ram's horn it is a ram's horn it's going back to Isaac, um, you know, Isaac being offered and what was there, the ram in the thicket, right? Yeah. Okay. So this going back to that. And this is the, the, the shofar. It, when you blow it, it's a, it's a, it sounds like a repentance call. Yeah. You know that when you blow that right. ram's horn, yes. it's not the same. Okay. Right. So it gets louder and louder exceeding. It's a force. It's abundance. Mm. When the word they use for loud is not a normal word for, to me, it wouldn't be a normal word. It's the word hazak. 
which means it got stronger. Right. Because right. That, we know Hazak is, we, we say it at the end of every, yes. you read the a Torah portion and you say, you know, Hazak has your neck, you know, right? Um, be strong, be strengthened. This is that word, mm -hmm. the, 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 the ram's horn was strong. It's, it's yeah. telling you something, right? Okay. I think you can take this and, and bring it right to the book of Daniel. When you look about those horns and tie it in. You can tie it in the book of Revelation, the horns of the altar. There's something about that, the horn being strong. Right, right. Okay. There's thunders, there's lightning, there's a thick cloud. Upon, what, what, man, the, 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 what, the word thunder, mm -hmm. what we don't realize, the same word for thunder is the same Hebrew word for voice. Oh wow! So when they heard the thunder, did they hear the voice? Yeah. Because it's almost like remember when Pharaoh heard the thunder and he's a, he's scared. Yeah, but also it's the think same about word for God's voice. When Yeshua was baptized and God spoke, <laughs> well, yeah. and and they heard a the thunder, thunder. Right. yeah, but it, was, but it was God's voice. So yeah. they, this is my beloved son. And they my all, yeah. They and I think what it actually says, mm. if I'm if I'm right, is. One, it, I think they actually see the see see this, not just yeah, hear it, but they yeah. see the thunder. Yeah. So they see the voice. Mm -hmm. I know in one passage for sure it says that. Mm -hmm. So um lightning. They, they there's lightning, um, it can mean a flashing sword, a bright glittering sword. Wow, could that be pointing a little bit to the sword in the garden of Eden that's yeah. turning, you know, yeah. all yeah. that? Um, I could be. That word for thick is a word for heavy. It's kaved. Mm. It's the kavod of God, the glory mm -hmm. of God in, in a way. It could be used for that. So it's the heaviness of God. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. You can, can you read it? Or say, at Mount Sinai, it was altogether a smoke. I just gave you all the Strong's references. You can look them up when you have time. The Lord descended upon it in fire and mm -hmm. smoke. There ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. The Lord descends in fire. Is that not Acts chapter two? Yes, it is. Sat upon them tongues of fire, right? Smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The mountain quaked greatly. Mm -hmm. Why did it quake? Because the sound, right? The sound, yeah. of, the sound of the shofar, the sound of yeah. God's presence. This looks a lot like the book of Acts. Yes, yes. The smoke ascended like the sound, the smoke of a furnace. So to me, that's telling you something's going to get burned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Or had been burned up. There's something. Okay. So this, so you have the smoke, you have a furnace, you have the word for quaked. Then I gave you all these things. Well, look at them, but I want to give you some homework. Take these three words, mm -hmm. the smoke, the furnace, the quake, quake, look them up. Where have we heard them before previously? Mm -hmm. And then look in the Bible. Is there any more references to a smoke, a furnace, um, a quaking? And use these references. You can actually type in in Blue Letter Bible those numbers. Any one of those numbers, you can see every reference for yeah. these words. And look for it um, in the King. I suggest the, the Strong's is a, a King James Version that you mm -hmm. want to put it for there. So look at that. And then how can we connect? those previous stories because you're going to see in the scripture yeah those words the smoke the furnace the quaking it happened before yeah mm. and it relates to what happens and it kind of shows you what god did mm -hmm. he keeps doing 
Yes. He does it with every generation. He wants mm -hmm. to have a person. He's basically saying, I want a, the same encounter I had with right. whoever I want to have with you. Yeah, with every generation. With every person, with every yes. generation. Yes. Amen. God is no respecter mm -hmm. of person. And if you, if you start understanding that, like these same things are going to keep happening. And that's why it happened again in the book right. of Acts. Right, right. They had their encounter. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we need it. We need our encounter. Okay. So the voice of the shofar voice, it was, oh, so when it says the voice of the trumpet sounded long, mm -hmm. this is an amazing find. It's not the word for long. Okay. What is it? Long, halak, walked, the voice walked. The Where voice have you heard walked. the voice walk? Yeah. It, it's it's garden, garden language. Garden. And they heard the voice walk. Yeah, it's happening again. Yes, but yes. God's saying the first, so so Adam blew it. Now Abraham he gets the people. You know you have Noah. Thank God he's getting people on the right track. Abraham's getting the the people in covenant. And now Moses getting he's like okay yeah. now it's time for the promise to have fruition. Right. Now all of Israel and everyone who joins with them mm -hmm. they can have they can hear the voice. Yeah, walk. Wow. I love it. I just think it's amazing. Yes, I just yeah, think it's an powerful. amazing find. I was like, okay, it gets louder and louder. And then mm. God answers. God mm. answers. God answers Moses. I think it's like, okay, this is so amazing. It's like Moses speaks and God, and he, he wants to answer us. Yes. And he, God spoke, Moses spoke to God and God answered him by a voice that walked mm -hmm. in power. Mm -hmm. And it was longer and stronger to answer Moses. So all the people could hear the voice. Mm -hmm. So you know where you've heard the voice of God walk. I've already told you that. So it's in Genesis. So, so Mount Sinai, the giving of the word, is a way for man to return to the garden of the Lord and hear his voice, who has come to walk with his people. He loves us. Yes. And all the people had to do at Sinai was not to hide. Not to hide. Not to cover themselves, but to heat. Remember, they would just yes. wash, get that covering clean. Right. Present yourself yeah. because you're gonna hear present your bodies a you're, living you're, sacrifice. Yeah, you're gonna hear yeah. hear the voice. Now, remember they say if we you know he says you speak to us, okay, we're just okay, just he says here. you speak to us and we will listen, but know, do we're not running let, over a few minutes, but, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Okay, so now look at this next statement. So the thing about it is when you hear God's word in a sense. You have a choice mm -hmm. to keep living your way right. or to die right. to his word. That's right. And I think this goes along with what Paul said when he says, I die. You have to, will, are you willing to, let to your, hear God right. speak to you and know there, that word is going to cause some part of you to die, but yes. it needs to. Yeah, it's like your nephesh. Something yes. when you're in it's your, not talking about dying yes. physically. Right, right. Some part of your will, your, your will, plan, your plan, your way, not his way, not what right. he wants you to do. We don't so think about it. some people don't even want to let God speak to them mm -mm. because if they let God speak to them, they know mm -hmm. they're gonna be accountable and they don't want to die. Right, right. Yes. Okay, so anyway, so now keep reading. Verse 20. So Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come to test you so that his fear may be in you so that you do not sin. Okay, so this is another, we talked about testing, testing on Shabbat. Him. He came, it's the same word. He comes to prove, prove you, you that his fear, and if you will, if you will pass this test, 
Mm-hmm. by re- letting that word kill you in a sense mm-hmm. receive that word mm-hmm. you, you're you're gonna fear him right right and when you fear him you won't sin you won't sin that's right you won't sign. okay so anyway i think it's amazing i'm gonna stop there and the word for sin okay is to miss the mark to miss the part so mark. he's gonna test you right so his fear would be in you so you won't, and miss we don't want to miss the mark. That's right. God doesn't want you to miss the mark. You don't want to miss the mark. Mm. Okay. So anyway, it's just amazing. Okay. So anyway, I'm done with, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with what I, I could share tonight. I hope you mm-hmm. received that. I hope you got something mm-hmm. out of it. Um, It's definitely a very rich Torah mm-hmm. portion and it's just the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think it all, it, it ties in with, being born again, being filled with the spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and allowing the Holy Spirit to deal with the areas in our lives that needs to be dealt with. And that's why when Yeshua told his the, the people, go and tarry, what was he actually saying to them? Go and get washed. Yeah. Go and get prepared. I, I, Notice that they didn't go to Jerusalem and then boom, it just happened. No, it happened on Shavuot. It happened in the appointed time, but they had for to ten, be probably for 10 days. They were preparing. Exactly. But know? they had to be there. Yeah. And wh- who did he tell that to? He told 500 right. and only 120, only 120 was willing yeah. to, to remain and see that applies to all of us. Are we willing to allow God to put his presence, put his power, put his authority to make us kings and priests. Because remember, like okay. this whole thing yeah. started out with, I have called you, Israel. You're you're, you're my chosen people to be a kingdom of priests. And a holy name. You're separate. You're holy. So the bar, I want you to the think about this. So, the bar is set yeah. to be a priest. Yeah. So the same thing happens in the book of Acts. What is he he's saying to them? I'm calling you to be my representatives on the earth. I'm calling you to demonstrate my kingdom. So are you willing to let me empower you the way I want to empower you? And so I think, you know, it all, it, it, that's what God is saying to all of us right now. Let me, you know, empower you. You receive me as my, as Lord and savior. But now let me take it up a notch. Let me, let me anoint you to go forth and be my leaders, my representatives, that you can teach Torah, that you can help people when they have questions. See, it's, it's a raising of the bar. And I don't think we realize this, but that's, that's what's going on. And we we went to the bar was lowered, but no, it's a raising (laughs) and God. And what's so cool about our, our heavenly father is that he presents it to all for all who, whosoever will come, whosoever will tarry, wait, let me do it. Let me show you that I will pour my presence in you and I will use you for my glory. Are you willing? You know, I just think that we have to just get to that. Yeah, hallelujah thank you, for sharing that that's amazing um what you what you wrote you guys can all read it on the chat um so wow this has been a great tour i'm gonna go ahead and and stop the